1: I feel rusty. It's always the same. I know. Like the first three are so hard.
2: (laughs) I think that's also why I wanted to get the recording out of the way so that it just it gives us it gets those like jitters out. Those kinks. Yeah, let's get going.
1: Welcome to season six of She Builds podcast, where we share stories about women in the design and construction field one lady at a time. By popular demand, this season we will be discussing business bosses and leaders. So get ready for a boss season. Wee. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right. Thanks to all of you
2: listeners for tuning back in. We are so excited for this new exciting season ahead of us.
1: Yeah, we are. Yeah. Today we will be discussing Verma Panton, the first woman architect in Jamaica and the Anglo-Caribbean business owner, and industry leader. I'm Nardiri Rivas, dreaming of the beach in Houston, Texas. Hi, I'm Jessica Rogers, recovering from a
2: beach day from Miami, Florida.
0: And I'm Lizzie Rahr, wishing Carl would leave so that I could go to the beach (laughs) in San Francisco. (laughs) Quick
2: disclaimers. So we are architectural historians, lifelong learners, curiosity-led storytellers, but We aren't perfect. So if we get our facts a little mixed up, let us know. Send us a comment or an email and let's keep the party
1: going. When did we change that? (laughs) All right. (laughs) Just now. Okay, time to start. The time was April 17, 1936. The place, St. Elizabeth, Jamaica. Verma Weveland Panton was born. At this point, I think I want to mention that she was an Aries because that kept coming up in my research. <laughs> <laughs> well, what? I don't know much
2: about Aries, except as a Pisces myself, that comes before an Aries. Um, we can sometimes bump heads with, uh, between signs. So it's interesting that you say this, because out of the three of us, I am the more astrologically inclined. So... Anyway, Najee, why are you mentioning this?
1: (laughs) Because people have super shady internet pages with information they regurgitate from Wikipedia. And then they add random, sometimes like nonsense facts, like their birth (laughs) sign, net worth. I mean, where do they even get this net worth info from, mind you? Oh, and my very favorite, romantic relations information. And then... (laughs) The website says, little is known about her romantic life. Verma is a private person. Keep coming back for updates. What updates? (laughs) Updates from the beyond? Like from Ouija ports? I keep getting so ticked off by the stupid stuff and the stupid websites. And their stupid info about Verma. She deserves better.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Okay, well, it sounds like you went down a research rabbit hole a little bit. Did you find information that was more relevant? You know, maybe we should invest in working with the medium.
2: And maybe we can get messages from the beyond. And we could ask Verma ourselves about her romantic relationships and well, about her architecture work, of course. And I mean, what we do know about her life besides that she's an Aries. Right. So like what else? What what do you know, (laughs) Nojiti?
1: Well, Verma's parents were Laura Louise and Vernon George Panton. She had two sisters, Faith, a.k.a. Baba and Sheila. And she had one brother, Cedric Landale Leroy Panson. That's a lot of name. Only her brother had children. So Verma had a niece, Brenda, and two nephews, Cedric Vernon and Corrado. And I think I will leave it there with her family tree. I think that's enough info on her lineage. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, very <Yes>. thorough. <laughs> it's on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> When Verma was young, she went to Claremont Primary School and then to two high schools. First, she went to Carvalho High School and then she graduated from Ardeen High School. So I wondered why she went to two schools. So I looked into both. I could not find much information about Carvalho High School. I mean, I'm not even sure if I'm pronouncing it right, so I'm sorry, but our dean was a totally different story. According to their Wikipedia page, that's right, they have a Wikipedia page. The institution is best known for its high academic standards among the top secondary schools in Jamaica and in the entire Caribbean, if you ask them. So I'm guessing that's why Verma switched schools. She just went to a better school.
0: Yeah, I mean, it sounds like that school would set her up for the future. Well, yeah,
2: I mean, that would make sense on the school side. I think maybe the first school might have closed, but like Lizzie said, that other school was going to set her up for success.
1: That's right. I do like that she's at the top of their list of notable alumni. If you look into that. And I had to fight the urge not to sing their school song today. Because they got a lot of videos on YouTube (laughs) of them singing their school song. They got this one video where they threw a big party to recycle plastic. And students are like happily gathering plastic and throwing down some sick dance moves with their teachers. And I just realized that I need to hit the dance floor so I can show off some of my new moves that I picked up from those videos.
0: (laughs) Sing it, sing it. No, I don't think
1: so. (laughs) Instagram reel, maybe. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm regretting telling you this now. (laughs) Okay, we'll see. Okay, let's get back to Verma. So, right out of high school, Verma went to work. She got a job as an assistant land surveyor in the survey department in the government. She did this for two years from 1956 to 1958. Let me say, that sounds so cool and important. Y'all know land surveyors are responsible for providing a property's comprehensive, accurate parcel boundary and geospatial data. In our profession, that's super important. Actually, for anyone, not just architects, surveys are important. Think about it. When you're buying a house or a land or any property, you got to rely on a surveyor's boundaries and information. So I've always thought that land surveyors are super important people.
0: Yeah, totally. It's really important to have a survey. And that's pretty much always the first thing that we're asking a client is, do you have a survey? When are you getting one? Here's our favorite surveyor. Call him now. Everybody's busy, but call them. (laughs) But I like that she started off doing that. It sounds like a great way to get introduced to into architecture and initial site planning.
2: You know, I'm a big fan of boundaries, emotional, <laughs> mental and physical. That's why land okay. are so important. <laughs> they can help define those boundaries. You never want to cross those lines. <laughs> boundaries can be very important. That's the end of my PSA.
0: Boundaries can boundaries. be very important.
1: <laughs> plus they got cool toys that they use on their everyday jobs i think i kind of envy them a little bit but then on a hot summer day in houston not so much oh yeah there's hmm. pros
0: and cons to everything <laughs> yeah, true. yeah that's so true i mean it's nice they get to be outside but sometimes i'm happy to be in my air-conditioned office so i guess maybe it's a good mix with their site visits and their drafting but
2: Yeah, sometimes seeing them work in these like highly trafficked places under the blazing sun, I do not envy them at all.
0: Yeah, that's true.
1: Yeah, not at those times. Mm -mm. Well, Verma was killing it at her job and she applied for a scholarship to attend college. If Verma wanted to study architecture at that time, there weren't any architecture schools in Jamaica. From what I could find... The first and only architecture school in the island. In fact, the only architecture school in all of the English-speaking Caribbean is the Caribbean Architecture School in the University of Technology in Kingston, established in 1998. So before then, if you wanted to be an architect, you needed money to study abroad.
0: Wow. Yeah, that's so recent. I mean... (sighs) It's crazy. And it really just shows how privileged we are to have so many options for schools that provide architecture majors, let alone any at all. And it shows another reason why diversity within architecture is so low when institutions like these weren't even opened until almost the 21st century.
2: Yeah, that's so true. And it's just very interesting to think about.
0: Yeah. I have to say that as a fellow Caribbean,
1: this blew my mind. And It made me realize how lucky I was and how much I have. And I even felt ashamed for not knowing that we have a neighbor island where people just like me that come from a middle class family and want to be an architect since they were five years old might not be able to realize their dream because they don't have the means to study abroad. I mean, for me, that was never a question. I wanted to be an architect. And in Puerto Rico, I had the means to do it. It was all up to me to get good grades. And get into school, but not everyone in life is at the same starting line. Yeah. I don't know. I just came to really face to face with that disparity in the world, just learning this fact. And it made me wonder what I could do to help. I don't know. Maybe we could start a scholarship or something. We can talk about it later (laughs) and figure something out.
0: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, it's hard to imagine since we grew up in places where it was normal to have those options, or like you said, like our starting line was much further forward. Um, compared to others.
2: Mm -hmm. I remember thinking this way recently, you know, as I was reflecting on like my high school years, maybe since I'm back at home and I realized how lucky I was to have gone to an art school slash architecture school. So sure, after high school, going into college, I thought I had a leg up. But as I entered freshman year, I really was on like a level playing a level playing field. But what I took from my experience in high school was that it helped me define a career path. Um, So when I talked to other recent high school grads or just other high school graduates applying to schools, They don't have that luxury of knowing where or what they wanted to do out of college. So they kind of just like apply to all these schools, all like willy nilly. And it makes me recognize the privilege that I had with my own experiences. And um, I think to answer your question, Nujudi, it's hard to figure out what to do to change this. Do we create world mandates that every university has to have an architecture program? Maybe. But I think as architects, we can encourage and inspire others to go to architecture schools and offer scholarships to help them, like you said, because it's one thing to tell folks where they can study, but it's also another thing if they can actually afford to go.
1: Yes, yes, yes. I like this idea of starting a SheBuilds podcast scholarship. Yes. Let's talk about it after the episode. Yes. Yeah. Speaking of scholarships, thankfully, Verma was awarded a scholarship and she attended McGill University School of Architecture in Montreal, Quebec, Canada.
0: Okay, Verma, (laughs) that's a great school. McGill School of Architecture was established in 1896, and it's one of the oldest in North America. And today it's ranked in the top 25 in the world. It's hard to get into. They only accept about 100 students per year.
2: That's awesome. But okay, I'm not going to lie. As soon as you said Montreal, I got cold all of a sudden. <laughs> you know, tropical paradise to snowing Quebec, you know, uh, just mm-mm. But, flashbacks. Uh, yeah, flashbacks. Like I got chills, like literal chills. Uh, but uh, Trebian Verma, you know, she must have been really good to get accepted. So brava.
1: Yeah, yeah, she was. And oh my gosh, it's totally so cold there, but so pretty. Yeah. Our friend of the show, Sarah Schumbera, did a study abroad program there. And then a few years later, after she graduated, we went together one summer to Montreal and she took us to her old stomping grounds. And it was so nice. I have to check if I have pictures from that school and that trip so I can share it on social media.
0: Ooh, yes. Show us the pictures. I do remember Montreal being very pretty when we were there. And I imagine the campus is really nice, too.
2: Yeah, because Lizzie and I, we were also there. Oh, no, no, Judy, you were there, too. We but were there instead, in, February. Were... <laughs> yeah, in February. Yeah, in February. Montreal, Canada. February. Like I said,
0: so cold. Yeah, I think so we cold. shared but pictures of that for another episode. We did. Yeah, for Carol Johnson.
2: Yeah, we'll share how cold <laughs> we were because we did. There's other photos of us looking all bundled up. Uh, but <laughs> this, besides it being cold, I... I can also imagine that the campus would be very beautiful because the city itself is beautiful. Yeah. But yeah, it's also very cold. Very, very,
1: very cold. When Verma graduated from the architecture school, she became the first woman architect in Jamaica and the Anglo Caribbean. Yeah, big up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She went back to Jamaica in 1964 And became the project architect for the Ministry of Education for about four years, then moved on to be an associate partner with the firm of McMorris Sibley Robinson, more popularly known as MSR.
2: Ooh, yes. MSR is a big name in Jamaica. They have a lot of iconic post-Jamaican independence work. So they had this once in a lifetime opportunity that we've talked about previously on this show of contributing to the architectural style and identity of a newly independent country. Noteworthy projects from the firm are the Scotia Bank Center and the Kingston Waterfront, Turtle Beach Apartments and the UCWI Creative Arts Center. And Verma as the associate partner at MSR. This makes her contributions such a big deal. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's great that Verma got to be part of creating Jamaica's architectural style, like some of our other ladies we've talked about in previous seasons, Dora God and Minette da Silva. hmm Yes. So
1: it turns out that MSR was a sort of incubator of future generation of architects in Jamaica. From what I found, the most prolific firms in the island at the time were the private practices of MSR, Wilson Chong, Harold J. Ashwell, and in the public sector, the Public Works Department, which was basically the government's architectural firm. And they did all the government buildings.
2: Ooh, very interesting.
0: Yeah, it sounds like she was in a good place to do some fun projects. Mm-hmm. Coincidentally, the
1: owners of MSR's alma mater were the University of Manitoba and McGill University. So... I bet that gave them something to talk about in their interview, reminiscing about the good times at school, the weather. (laughs) (laughs) I know I like meeting people from Syracuse University and talking about the quad in Slocum Hall. Yeah, that's Mm -hmm. true. It
0: gives you something to connect on and makes you feel like you can relate to each other, like from a shared experience. Oh,
2: yeah, I can count. I think in the majority of all the job interviews that I've had where I've spoken to other fellow alums from Syracuse and we always talk about like March Madness, our precious Joe Bayheim, or talk about those brutal winters at Syracuse. (laughs)
1: Who's Joe Beheim? No, Jitty. Our fearless
2: leader, Joe Bayheim, the coach of the Syracuse University basketball team. I can't tell you squat about our Chancellor president or whatever the other leaders are of the university, but Joe
1: Bayheim, he is the GOAT. (laughs) He is Syracuse.
0: I don't follow basketball, and even I know that. Mm -hmm. I felt like I've heard this name before, but I didn't know. They always had like his face, his face was everywhere, like almost (laughs) like they would cut out his face everywhere.
2: He always says hmm. that he's gonna retire, but that day has yet to come. And okay. when he does, it will be a really sad day. A really <laughs> well, sad. Well, thank day.
1: you for educating me. I won't Ten forget. Ten years out.
2: Always continue learn. Yeah, everyone continues <laughs> to learn. You know, always every learning. day. Always learning.
1: As a part of my research, I learned that partners of MSR lobbied to the Commonwealth Association of Architects for a regional school of architecture to be built
0: in Jamaica. The other place that was being considered was the Bahamas. What's the Commonwealth Association of Architects? And did they succeed in their lobbying? The
1: Commonwealth Association of Architects, or CAA, is a membership organization for professional bodies representing architects in Commonwealth countries. And by that, I mean from former British colonies. It started in 1965 to promote cooperation for the advancement of architecture in the Commonwealth. Today, it has 36 member countries all over the place, Asia, Africa, and America as well. And when I say America, I always mean the continents of North, Central, and South America. By the way, today, the association is involved in the procedures and validation of courses in architecture. So it sounded to me like they were our version of the National Council of Architectural Registration Boards or NCARB? Actually, no, Judy, NCARB
2: is our licensing board. So what I think you mean is maybe the NAAB, the National Architectural Accrediting Board.
1: Oh, there's there's a lot of associations, man. Yes, we got a lot. So many letters. A lot.
2: Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) all the letters.
1: I was close. NCARB, NAAB, but okay. (laughs) I continue to learn in this episode. They work together, you know, so. Cool. Well, before 1988, the main representation of the CAA in the Americas was in Canada. So basically, the closest school for Jamaicans was there. And that was a big change. I mean, I know from Puerto Rico to Syracuse, New York was no joke. We've we've talked about this already. It's so freaking cold.
2: Yep. I don't need to mention how cold it was, but it was cold. I mean, it was cold. Um, But this does go back to our earlier discussion about architecture schools. Uh, The question of accessibility. Right. Not every Jamaican that is interested in architecture can go to Canada.
0: Yeah, exactly. Canada is not close to Jamaica. And that's still Mm -hmm. I mean, that's also just a really big distance for being the closest school, whether you have the means to do that or not. You know.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there was a school in Puerto Rico, but it was probably mostly taught in Spanish. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So. Well, so that's why people were striving to build a school accredited by the CAA in Jamaica or in the Bahamas to make the profession more regional and accessible to more people. In the end. Jamaica was selected, and the Caribbean Architecture School at the University of Technology opened its door in 1998, like we talked about in the beginning of the episode.
2: Yeah. Mm -hmm.
1: I'm telling you all of this because after learning all of this, I started thinking that at MSR, Burma found a culture of industry disruptors, as our friends at the podcast Practice Disruptive would say. And then she became one herself. Mm. I wouldn't be surprised if she was one of the lobbyists, but I didn't find any evidence to back that up. So I'm just going to start the rumor now.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I love this rumor mill that we're starting. (laughs) But I mean, I guess it, it doesn't seem that far fetched, right? If it was the culture at the firm, then it would seem that she would have been part of that. And I know we're making a lot of assumptions, but people are putting her assumed net worth all over the Internet. So I feel like I can make this leap. So just it's it's more important.
2: (laughs) Yeah. So I'm not going to say that Verma created this like disruptor army or anything, (laughs) but... We can, you know, at least say that she contributed to creating a culture or like a space where others can grow and become disruptors and just create positive change. So for that, yay, that's a Rumor I can get behind.
1: Rumor has it. Rumor got a lot of awards for her work, including honorable mention in two low income housing design competitions, One in 1967, sponsored by Wood Preservation Co. LTD, and another in 1973, sponsored by Ready Mix Concrete LTD. So great. Beautiful, beautiful. In 1974, she was chair of the committee organizing the Pan American Federation of Architects Conference.
2: Wow, that is so legit. The first meeting of the Pan-American Congress of Architects happened in 1920. Then in 1950, they became the Pan-American Federation of Associations of Architects, with the mission of formally bringing together architects from all American countries without racial, religious or political distinctions. So as chair, Verma would have been highly involved in bringing professionals from all over the Americas together and discussing ways architects could work together for the betterment of our profession and the world. And as a fellow conference creator slash contributor, program management, whatever, this is not an easy feat, let me tell you. So I can't even imagine hosting an international one.
0: Yeah, I mean, let me just say that this seems like even more evidence to my assumption that she was part of this lobbying for Jamaica's place in the architectural world. Just saying. Yeah.
1: Yeah, Mm -hmm. I would say that, too. After over a decade with MSR, she decided it was time for a change. In 1982, she left the firm to be a partner and the director of the Landmark Development Company.
0: Was that a governmental office or a private company? I believe it's a private company. Hmm.
2: This reminds me of the creator of Disneyland or like a monument creator or something.
1: (laughs) Okay, so by now she had worked with a big name firm, been involved in her community, entering competitions for low income housing. She was involved in her profession, being an active member of the Pan-American Federation of Associations of Architects. That is such a long name. Mm -hmm. And she was director of the Landmark Development Company. Just a little a little summary of where we're at. Mm Casual amount of things. Mm -hmm. Easy. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> finally in 1984 she was ready to do her thing chicken wing she opened up her own practice business owner Verma Panton is in the house yeah <laughs>
0: business owner in the house
1: Um,
2: just quick I'm gonna add that we she was doing her thing jerk chicken wing because we're in Jamaica and in Jamaica they eat jerk chicken <laughs> So, but oh, yes, okay.
1: but yes, <laughs> go Miss Verma. Her business address was Four Asbury <laughs> Avenue, <laughs> Kingston 8. I got so excited when I found that because I thought I was going to find it on Google Maps, get on Street View, walk around, yeah. give myself a tour of the neighborhood. But no, oh. I couldn't find it on Google Maps. So that was that.
0: what that's so sad. I love Google Maps stalking.
1: Yeah, and this is the
2: 21st century. We should be able to travel via the interwebs <laughs> to see these places. That that was our chance to actually ha- since we had the address.
1: I know. Oh well. I also found her business phone number, but I'm not going to say it here so we don't have an 8675309 situation. <laughs> <laughs> we don't we don't want someone in Jamaica getting called <laughs> <laughs> looking for Burma's newest relationship status (laughs) verifying her net worth (laughs) anyway a year later she received a certificate of recognition for pioneer women in architecture and outstanding achievement in the field of architecture
0: rightly deserved
1: yeah In 1987, the Jamaican Architects Registration Board was started and she was a founding member where she served in leadership roles throughout the years as part of the council
0: and chair. Yeah, I love hearing how involved she was with formalizing Jamaica's architectural professional standards and education. Like she had her hands in all of it. Love it.
2: Yes. yeah, I love it. I love this. I love that she created a way to create more architects. You know, true legacy building. Mm -hmm. Amazing. Amazing.
1: That same year, the Jamaican Institute of Architects recognized her for 20 years of service and all of her contributions to the profession. And at some point in her career, she also won the End of Decade of Women Award for Jamaican Women. Amazing.
2: That's an interesting name for an award. That's true. Um, big up, <laughs> <Burma>. <laughs> Do they? Big up. Yeah, like, big is it up.
0: they award it at the end of a decade or like you don't have to be at the end of a decade <laughs> of your work? Like, I mean, it does make sense
2: because, like, fellows, after you reach 10 years, I guess they, that's when they apply for fe- or whatever for <laughs> fellowship. So. <laughs> Maybe it's a similar concept. I would have thought that it was
1: reaching
0: the end of the decade, like it was 1999 or something. Right, but then that's what I was wondering. Like, do they only give it out every 10 years? No.
1: I will let you know in the season wrap-up. I would love to hear more. (laughs) Okay, good questions. Noteworthy physical projects by Verma include Workers Bank Building in Constant Spring, Botany Building at the University of West Indies, D. Mayor Insurance Building in Kingston, the Gordon Town Community Center, a project where she was also chairman public relations committee, and restoration
0: of the old Halfway Tree Courthouse. Please tell us there will be photos in the show notes.
2: Yes. Okay,
0: girlfriend, homegirl did so much.
1: Mm-hmm. TBD about the photos. I haven't had good luck finding, oh. but I'm gonna keep searching. Okay. okay. I understand. Yeah, you know it's hard. Hmm. Well. After being involved in everything and being an all-around pioneer, Verma passed away on January 18, 2015 in Jamaica.
0: Wow. I know it's hard to find information on her, but it really sounds like she did a lot for propelling architecture as a profession forward in her home country, like I said before. So thanks for sharing her story with us, Nurchity.
2: Yeah, she was only 78. Yeah. It seems young. But she accomplished so much. You know, I was interested in this story for a while. But yeah, finding information was very discouraging for me. So, Najidia, thank you for persevering. And I'm glad we got to share her story today.
1: <laughs> me too. I'm glad I was able to get over the stupid website.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. It's character time. You're cute, Lizzie. A caryatid is a stone carving of a woman used as a column or a pillar to support the structure of a Greek or Greek style building. Each episode will choose a caryatid, a woman who is working today, furthering the profession through their work, and who ties into the historical woman of our episode. This week's caryatid is.
1: June Grant! Go June. June June Grant is a Jamaican architect that practices in Oakland at her firm, Blink Lab Architecture. She wanted to be an architect since she was five years old, just like me. She has a master's degree from the Yale School of Architecture. And ladies, she is so involved in the profession.
2: Yes. Oh, I love that we have her as the carrier kid. Honestly, I'm surprised we haven't had her before.
1: But I love it. She's just across the bay from me. Hey, June. Hey. She was president of the NOMA or National Organization of Minority Architects Bay Area Chapter. And she is also a member of the Association for Computer Aided Design in Architecture, a.k.a. Acadia. That's so cool. Yeah, I like hearing about a lady involved in computer-aided design. She presented at Obama 2010 Green Conference, and she was a YBCA 100 honoree. Her practice, Blink Lab Architecture, focused on environmental and social justice. So she is really committed to making a difference in our field, just like Verma was. Nice. I am feeling a connection with Verma as well.
2: Yeah. She's great.
0: If
1: you're interested in learning more about June, you should check out her PBS NewsHour episode titled A Brief But Spectacular Take on Being an Architect. Another thing you can check out is her interview on episode 43 of Design Voice Podcast. That's a really good episode. And you could also check out her interview with Madame Architect just to start because there's like a lot of good things to know about June and a lot of resources to know from. But those were the ones that. I looked into and really enjoyed. So go to our show notes and get those links for all of that and learn so much more about June.
2: Yeah, I will definitely be checking that out. I think she was probably one of the first female architects that I knew early in my career. So she is definitely someone that everyone should know.
0: Yeah, I'm going to have to check those out asap. Before we say little more, we want to say
1: thank you to CMYK for the music. John W., our technical producer, and most of all, thanks to all of you for listening. We hope you enjoyed learning about Verma and June along with our banter and that you are inspired to find out more about them and other amazing professional ladies. Again, thank you.
2: She Builds Podcast is a member of the Gable Media Podcast Network. Gable Media is curated thought leadership for an audience dedicated to building a better world. Listen and subscribe to all of their shows at gablemedia.com. That's g-a-b-l-media.com.
0: Please let us know what you thought of our episode. If you've enjoyed it, please help us spread the word. Tell your friends, your surveyors, your architecture organizations, your committee members. Give us five stars on iTunes and Spotify and write us a review. This will all help us reach a wider audience and for more people to learn about these amazing ladies with us. We are excited to hear from you and
1: for you to come back and keep learning about women bosses with us. You can email us your thoughts at shebuildspodcast at gmail.com, leave us a comment on our website shebuildspodcast.com, or follow us on Instagram and Facebook at SheBuildspodcast.com. And on Twitter, as she builds pot.
0: Walk good. Bye. Bye. Wait a minute. Which one of you was it that did not know what that was? It Me. was Jessica. Well, I wouldn't know what it was. Well, that's what I was like. I thought it was Jessica, but she didn't. But she just laughed like she knew what it was. Yep. <laughs> she wrote, "Ha ha ha."
2: Exactly. <laughs> yes. Those are my filler words. It's usually "Ha ha ha" or "Interesting." <laughs> Oh, it's a no. So that's like, haha! But we talked about this. Isn't it from like 30 Rock or some show I don't watch, but you guys watch?
1: No, it's, it's a an very an famous song from the 80s. Uh, she doesn't mm, even remember. Yeah.
2: She's laughing <laughs> She's at it. Know. She knows. Because there are other songs that have numbers on them, too. But I also just don't remember phone numbers. So
1: but um. I think that the person that actually had that number at the time got so many calls and there was like this huge thing and they tried to sue and (laughs) we don't want to get sued yeah no thank you